to infinity and beyond. Remain seated, please. Permanecer sentados, por favor. Hang on to them hats and glasses, because this here's the wildest ride in the wilderness. Coming to you from Laughing Place Studios. Welcome, Disney adventurers and fans, to your All Things Disney podcast. Making your Disney experience more magical. You're listening to Disney with Daddy and Daughter. Hi, I'm Terry. And I'm Tana. He's my dad. And she's my daughter. Welcome to the show, folks. It is Friday, September 7th, 2018. You're listening to episode number 93, Disney with Daddy and Daughter. We're walking off of a cruise ship as we talk, as we speak. We what make a, cruise. a horrible cruise. It was an awesome uh, cruise. Horn. We had such a good time. We had such a good time. We can't tell you anything about it. Because we really haven't been on it yet. Did, uh, due to, uh, what? what am what I talking about? Talking this about? is getting, Friday morning, uh, getting, September 7th. 7th. And we're getting off of the yeah. cruise ship right now. We had a fantastic time. It was wonderful. Your I'm birthday sure celebrations was, were amazing. I'm sure it was over the top. I'm so happy. What do you mean you were sure? I mean, Why don't you, it, it was so over the it top. It was over the top. I'm sure of it. Yeah. And I sang happy birthday to you like 20 times. Well, then we'll need to make sure that happens. But yes, yes, no. No, yeah, uh, I mean, I we remember the one time we sang you, birthdays. That's right. That, happy birthday to you oh, at the yeah. restaurant yeah, thing. Yeah, that one time. And, uh-huh. Yeah, and then yeah. Um, um, oh, the and, uh, water was real nice, I'm wasn't sure it? Our, uh, I mean, our our Halloween costumes went over really well. Yeah, and, they did. Uh, no, they did. What did sure, you think of Castaway sure Key? Wasn't it beautiful? Oh, so uh, so and what about Castaway? Paolo? Castaway Paolo was so Paolo-y. so Paolo-y. <laughs> <laughs> You know, if some people were tuning so, uh, in to the show yeah, for the you, first time, they'd be going, what the heck are these two talking uh, about? If you haven't gathered, we'll probably do our uh, cruise review show next week. <laughs> That'd be a good thing. Uh, a it good takes a week review. to kind of set yeah, in and figure to, to out really assimilate everything your, that we did. Yeah. And, you know, so let's gather our notes together All after right. next week. That's a good idea. Probably be a great idea. This week, let's do something oh, else. Oh, man, we <laughs> have got such a great show. And in fact, we are not going to kind of get all the other fluff stuff done, like the hacks and all that. We are going to yeah, go right into our topic. Yeah. We have the honor of having Gina Rock on our show today. Gina Rock is the longest flying Disney Tinkerbell Disneyland in history. And, right. yeah. All of Disney, though, oh, including all of Disney, the longest Disney World. Flying. Mm-hmm. She is it. And uh, I am so looking forward to this interview. It's going to be fantastic. We're going to ask her all kinds of questions. Um, do you have a bio that you want to lead I in do. on with the bio? So we're going to introduce her in just a second here. I mean, in moments here. She's standing by to talk to us. We can't wait to speak with her. But I want to introduce her first nice and proper with a good little bio. Okay, so, you do that. So here we go. We're about Let me to put speak some music with- on this. Oh, yeah, some Tinkerbell appropriate music. Fantastic. I'm loving it. Okay. Gina Rock was the aerialist that flew as Disneyland's Tinkerbell from 1983 to 2005, making her the longest flying Tinkerbell in Disney history. So uh, basically, here's how it started. In 1973, as a high school gymnast, she was at a tournament and was discovered by Bob Yerkes who was the stuntman for Boba Fett in Return of the Jedi. Wow, again. <laughs> so she graduated from high school at 17. She ran away to the circus at 18-year-old. I love that about her. <laughs> uh, she was in both the Shrine Circus as well as the Ringling Brothers Circus, where, get this, she rode none other than the elephant. Yeah! <laughs> My t- favorite. I love you the love elephants. You love the elephants. Uh, after that, she worked on a number of circus-related jobs until she landed her role as the Flying Tinkerbell in 1983. So sometimes she would fly in too fast. Sometimes she wouldn't make it in at all. Uh, <laughs> or at least not the whole way without some assistance. Uh, but we'll hear her incredible story today. She did retire at the age of 50 in 2005 after training three new girls to replace her when the new 50th anniversary fireworks with Julie Andrews came out. I remember that. Uh, Gina yep. also did a number of exciting things while being Tinkerbell. Uh, probably her day job. She was a talent agent for Disney booking over 500 contracts. And uh, now Gina is a public assistant site inspector for an engineering firm. Her first 13 years, she did uh, worked on indiv- individual assistance. She worked with FEMA, 
um, actually recording damages on homes when all that was happening. And uh, then at that point, she decided to try public assistance, uh, public assistance, basically helping with she's a state and city and nonprofit entities. She was telling us a little bit about working on highways. So um, she's just doing an amazing job with everything that she does, quite honestly. And she's been get this 33 states in 12 years. Wow. That's where her work has brought her. So. Doing a lot of wows, aren't it? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, she's kind of a wow kind of girl. She's yeah. got, very magical. So she, uh, we, we hooked up with her, as you guys know, because we um, had Joshua Schaefer uh, cross our path. And in 2016, he became her public relation manager. So he was responsible for having Gina here on the show Thank today. Thank you, Joshua. Thank you, Joshua. Shout out, Joshua. Um, and we do invite you. We'll say this at the end, but we're going to say it again. Um, we, at the beginning here, we invite you to follow Gina and go grab an autograph which a lot of that work goes right to charity too, the the cost for the autograph. They're all available at her website. We have one of our own. You can get it at www.flyingtinkerbell.org. And so we are so very excited to welcome to the show Gina Rock. Gina, how are you doing? Tinkerbell. Tinkerbell. How are you? How are you? Hey, how you doing? <laughs> we are fantastic now that you're on the show with us. This is quite an honor to have you. I mean, we're just, we're tickle pink. I, you should see Tana's face right now. She's smiling ear to ear because it, she's a huge Tinkerbell fan. And when we uh, had her as a kid growing up, it was Tinkerbell. That was it. I yeah. mean, the, everything she had was Tinkerbell. Bit but, of a uh, bucket list item for me oh, yeah. right now. I, so we're I, excited I didn't think to I was going to gonna actually meet Tinkerbell, <laughs> no. being that she's in, in most cases a fictional character. But this is, this is God to be the the very next thing to meeting a cartoon you are you are literally the embodiment of what i think about when i think about tinkerbell because those firework presentations that you did and the, the work it it's just i mean you're you're i've seen you in my memory a million times having watched throughout those years so I, it's very exciting we're honored we're definitely honored we're to honored. have you on the show yeah um, hey i got a i got a question for you just to lead in and um you can tell us whatever you think whatever. on on any of these topics that we bring up, but I want to know if you can remember your very first flight and what it was like being Tinkerbell. My very first flight had nothing to do with the the actual show. Oh, there's Tinkerbell. Yes. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> right on cue. Right on dog, cue. Our dog uh, is barking, so she must have heard your voice and instantly knew. Yeah, and her name is Tinkerbell, her so it's very appropriately. But Tinkerbell, about... stop inter interrupting there. <laughs> but, uh, but about your first That's flight, so go ahead. Yeah. Um, my first flight was actually a practice flight, and it was performed in the day. Oh, that's um, nice. Which was really scary. Oh, um, you're right. Because you, you're up uh, 160 feet in the air, and when you are performing in the day, you can basically see how high it is. Oh, my So goodness. when you're surrounded by nightfall and fireworks and people saying, yay, Tinkerbell, you don't really notice it but when i did my first flight basically the the first time i was standing on the matterhorn in uh, leotard and tights and watching them send sandbags down first so the sandbags were uh, filled of course with sand and they 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 loaded it with sand that was according to our approximate weight. Okay. <laughs> so I don't, I don't like my, where this is going. <laughs> well, no, actually, I'm, I'm proud of it because at the time when I when I got the job, um, I was I got down to 112 pounds. Oh my! Which oh my. Uh, for me, about 118 was comfortable. 112 was very thin. Mm -hmm. And so the sandbags were filled really for somebody between about 120 and 128. Um, so there was a difference, but they, they did that in order to uh, figure out how the trolley would run on the wire and yeah. kind of set the brakes a little. Now there was brakes, you know, <laughs> as you know, in that trolley and, and uh, they had to manually adjust them uh the brakes if you know things were going too fast or if they were going too slow they'd back it off and so the first flight was pretty scary 
and uh, watch the sandbag go across, and then I was the sandbag. Oh, <laughs> so, oh man! <laughs> yep. Then I played the sandbag, and I remember the first time. First, I had to kind of center myself, and I just looked at the rooftops and and decided that probably the first flight. I would just kind of get a sense of my balance and mm-hmm. how it felt mm-hmm. to go down the wire sure. without it's very difficult for me not to want to be balletic because truthfully told <laughs> a little secret there you can pretty much perform any trick like on flying trapeze and get away with it if you look really graceful. So, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, so basically, even though you know I was just kind of hanging there and trying it out for my first time, I was still pointing my feet no matter what. Nice. <laughs> yeah, that's great. So, um, out of habit. Um, it was pretty scary. Um, by the time I got halfway down, I felt really good and thought, wow, this is this is really great. I did have to hold my balance and, and get my center. And so, you know, we did that a couple of times. And then I think the third time I decided to try, I closed my eyes and I <laughs> pictured myself as Tinkerbell and I flew like Tinkerbell. Oh, I did some leaps so and... And decided that I needed to try to get into character. And so that's what I did during the day. And it was fun. It was really fun to go down. And like I said, it was scary doing it in the day the first time. But I'm really glad I did because I really understood the proximity Mm -hmm. of where I was Mm -hmm. to the people and to the fireworks and in relationship to the, the roof. So it was a really great way to start by doing it in the day. I think it was beneficial. And I, I have two, two questions that come to mind. Number one, did you have to control the brakes yourself? <laughs> and, num- and, and number two, how does the, the first flight as Tinkerbell add up to some of the other things you've tried for the first time? Was it, scar- was it scarier? Was it a little bit easier? Because maybe it was just a, a short run. I mean, I don't even know how long it took to get from the top to the bottom. But um, th- those two questions, did you have to do your brakes? and how did it how did it pair up or, or match up to some of the other things you did well to start out it's 660 yards two football fields long okay and, um, <laughs> yes yeah I found that out right away yeah. um, the brakes they work um, pretty much like a car brake you know you they I'm not really sure how car brakes work, but I do know <laughs> because I am in engineering, but I'm not a car engineer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I believe, you know, the brakes are built into the trolley. Mm-hmm. So they have to be set to a certain, they would take wind readings, and that's the reason they set the sandbags. And so they would find out about headwinds and find out about tailwinds and the brakes have to be adjusted accordingly. And sometimes we'll get into that story, but sometimes they weren't adjusted right. So Ah. (laughs) there would be some quick, really quick flights and some really slow ones. But um, to answer your question, the very first flight was just as scary as me trying to fly on a trapeze my very first time. And I don't know if any of you have gone to Club Med or tried to fly on a trapeze, but basically the bar is about 20 pounds in weight and it pulls you right off the pedestal. Mm. Well, in this instance, you, you realize that once they take the vice grips, now vice grips, that vice grips hold the trolley on the wire. So before Tinkerbell flies, 
the trolley is held by a pair of ice grips. And then there's a gentleman in back of me or, or a lady picking up my feet mm-hmm. and basically saying, are you ready? And they pull me <laughs> back. And one, one of the crew guys or, or ladies uh, takes the vice grip off the wire and says, are you ready? And uh, it doesn't matter if you are or not, you're going. So, <laughs> so basically, um, <laughs> it was just as terrifying as the very first time I tried to fly on a trapeze. Wow. No wow. different. So your prep time beforehand and how many people were actually preparing you, we've got the person, I guess you could consider doing all the, the wind ratios. You've got the person picking up your feet. Um, when, what was your team did like? Did you have a wingman? Yeah, did you? <laughs> <laughs> that was really funny. Ah, uh, you know. That was really that's, funny. that's dad <laughs> for you. <laughs> well, they would say to me, you know, make, break a wing. Yeah, I mean, that was good. That was good luck. No, that was good luck. Okay. You know, so, um, yeah. So what was preparation like? I mean, either each night or just like how many people, had had how many team, people right? did it take and how much time did it take prep wise before the flight would occur? We never had less than um, four or five. Okay. So there'd be two, two crew members at the Matterhorn and there'd be two crew members over there on the other side um, uh, across the park that Mm -hmm. would stop me with a mattress. So there was two over there. Mm. Sometimes we would have a third that would stay below and um, help us with, you know, different equipment that we had to hoist down, you know, because we couldn't bring it all down, you know, the ladder. Uh So um, always four. And sometimes five. And then, of course, then you had the, the gals in the dressing room that would help me get ready. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, so I would say, you know, six or seven. Team but- Tinkerbell. <laughs> Team Tinkerbell. I love it. That's a great shirt. I like that shirt. <laughs> did you but say it was, did you it say, was a team? I'm sorry. Did you say mattress? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's how you landed on a mattress? I did. I, I Are you kidding me? Into, With not Disney's on, sophistication, into, into. they use a mattress. <laughs> Are you kidding? Was it was well, it uh, uh, with box springs too, or just a regular? <laughs> like, seriously, that's well, what they use as a mattress. Well, at, actually, it, it it was surrounded by box springs because Uh-oh. it looked like. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you've seen the the giant trampolines that. You know, they're round and they're all stretched out, you know, with the kind of looks like mattress stuff Mm -hmm. that like pulleys and stuff like that. So it was surrounded um, by, you know, it looked just like a giant trampoline that was being held, but it looked like a mattress. You know, wow. it was around, wow. it was square. <laughs> That's so So funny. the reason that, that it was built like that was because if I landed too hard and they couldn't stop me with the mattress, that I would have, you know, a cushion to bounce back from. So they had a trampoline. There was a, no, okay, so let me get this right. <laughs> Describe this correctly. So, I got stopped by a mattress. If I went any further than that, I would run into a trampoline. Okay, gotcha, so, gotcha. So, so yeah, let me back that up a little bit. So, Sounds like when Dumbo so, went flying into the little pot of water when he was in the circus. You know, it's like, it's so right. funny. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I mean, they, they took bets backstage on whether I would get stuck or hit really hard. Oh my so, god. Oh man. <laughs> your thanks for your oh, yeah. cast your your uh, fellow cast members looking out for you, right? <laughs> That's great. And I do want to give pay tribute to to Tinkerbell and I'll tell you how. Um I have this little um fun thing I do. Um and it's silly, but I started doing it when I was flying. If I was coming in really fast and I wanted to warn the crew that I was going to hit really hard. Uh-huh. I'd start barking. Barking. 
I barking like, barking like, a dog? like a dog. Yeah, really loud. So that they knew that it was like if I barked really loud, they knew I was going to hit really hard so they could get ready. And sometimes I wouldn't bark at all. But a lot of a lot of times I had to bark really loud to tell them I was coming in. So that was like a hidden code, <laughs> the bark. Yeah. Yeah. It's wow. still, it's still a trademark that I use. I'll so, be darned. That's great. Hey, I got a so, question for you. I, I'm wondering, uh, were you able to see faces down below? Could you could you actually see people waving at like like okay I'm gonna be specific. Like I was waving. Did you at ever you see me waving at you? Because I saw you fly saw many you. a times. I mean I can't. I on one hand I can't even count. Two hands. I've seen you fly so many times and didn't even realize it was you. Didn't realize so, I would eventually so get to talk guy, to you. Oh boy, here we you go. Were the guy in the jeans. You were the guy in the jeans yes. and the blue shirt, right? Okay, That's right. Okay. They had a little it. fanny pack. It was in the 80s, right? That's when we started. Late 80s, fanny pack, goofy looking hat. Yeah, yeah. That was me. Yeah. That was me. Yeah, that's No, true. seriously okay. though, I'm just wondering, could you could you see faces down below? Or is it just so dark that, I, that it was uh, I couldn't no. no, I couldn't see faces, but yeah, I could see people. I could see wow. crowds. Yes. That's that's so and cool. I could see I could figure out where my kids were because my kids came to work with me about three times a week for many, many years. And so my kids would stand down there. And so when I was getting ready before I'd fly, I would be able to spot where they were standing. Okay. And I would be able to see them when I was flying. And sometimes I would do these little things with my wand so that I was sending them a message. Oh, that's neat. That's great. They they knew that. So, yeah, it was really special to be able to bring my children with me to work. It was great. That's great. How How many children do you have? I have two kids. Two kids. And yet they still go to Disneyland to this day. I have a picture of my son recently that went to Disneyland with his girlfriend. They go a lot. And kind of like us. You know, they, <laughs> they, kind of like you guys. Yeah, like Joshua. Same thing. Yeah, like yeah. Certain, not like that. But, <laughs> but, yeah, but yeah, they they grew up there. I mean, they tell yeah. people stories of how, you know, that's they spent a lot of time there. Well, this is a good time to talk about the fact that you had to have had those children between these years of being Tinkerbell. That means... Oh, no. No way. It's correct, right? The timeline. You were a a pregnant flying Tinkerbell. Is that correct? Well, this is a very odd story. Um, (laughs) (laughs) This story goes way back to when I was 24 and flying trapeze in Reno. I had something happen medically and I was told that I would never have children. And if I did, it was going to be difficult. And two weeks after I put the wand in my hand, I got Jennifer. Wow. So I attribute I attribute the pixie dust. Little pixie dust came away. Goes a long way. That's fantastic. (laughs) So what was that so what was that like? I mean how did that work? I mean, did it did it kind of make things a little more difficult or did you actually feel like it wasn't no problem at all? Or, you know, morning sickness and flying down a rig that (laughs) I, I don't know, you know, I'm thinking, goodness, you know. What a what a trooper! <laughs> yeah. Well, I was very. It, it's funny how that that children were born on February twenty sixth and twenty seventh. Now, of all things, not only was I told I could never get pregnant, but I had my daughter and had five weeks to get back in my costume for the next season, and then wow. I had my son. Almost exactly on the same day, a couple of years later, he was born on February 26th, her on February 27th. So I had just enough time. And, you know, it wasn't planned. It was all pixie dust, the whole thing. So I, I feel that the magic was given to me for my children, and, and they were born right just in time for me to get ready, to get in shape, to get back in my costume. I mean, I literally had, I think, five weeks between 
having them and, and going back to the season. And at that time, we were just working, um, I believe we were working June, July, August, and a little bit of September. And nobody knew the first time. Um, not until right before I was going to um, stop flying in September when school started. And they started noticing something. And one of the gentlemen um, did, pulled me aside and said, are you pregnant? And I, <laughs> I no, didn't say No, I just had a big lunch. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, it was only four and a half months along. Okay. So I, I, when I got pregnant, I actually could do, I could fly the whole season without showing. Wow. So, and the same thing with my son. Now, my mother had worked for doctors, and there was a little bit of concern, of course, from the doctor. So my mother went to the top of the Matterhorn with me, and she looked at the harness and said, you're not going to have a problem. She gave me the pass. And I trusted her, and my doctor trusted her, and um, everything was okay. So, you know, with, with mom's permission, and um, she felt that it was safe. That, and, uh, the, and the doctor's <laughs> permission, too, right? Well, he wasn't real happy about it, but he I can said, only imagine. You know uh, I can only imagine. So, ma'am, so, ma what do you do exactly for us to give you a – well, I fly from the top of the Matterhorn at Disneyland it's, to it's, it's the top okay, of some Fantasyland buildings. The gravity is going to help the baby actually imagine, come out, yeah, so the it's all be fine. The jaw's going to drop, though. It's like, you do what? <laughs> it's just amazing. <laughs> well, the, now, but the first time, now, I didn't say anything because I had just – I had just established the job. I yeah, just, just a couple weeks, had, right? Got the job, yeah. and and I just got hired, and I didn't want to tell them, and I didn't. I did the second time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you were you were uh, you were flying low under the radar, literally. <laughs> no. Dad jokes well, all day. Dad jokes. <laughs> I think I I think I could have gotten away with it, but I did. That's classic. Tell them. And and they were okay with it. And they said, look, as long as you have a note, the second time they need to get it's a like note. School. Go for the doctor. That's great. I <laughs> no, love I it. No, I had to get a doctor's note. That's so, so funny. I did. That I is did. so great. <laughs> hey, did your, um, did your costumes change over the years? You said you had to fit back into the one. But did you have different costumes throughout the years and different wands and yeah. such that you uh, wore? And, and I would assume that... Uh, I got an outside of the box question here. Um, it, your headwear was it actually? Did you wear like a helmet or? I know you had a, a wig, wig on, right? But uh, was there a helmet involved too? He's very concerned with a safety. As, as someone who used yeah. to be a firefighter, he's very concerned with your landings and your gear. <laughs> of course, he wants to make sure you were safe. So maybe the wig itself was a good helmet. She well, had a pretty good costumes. bun going on. Let's talk on. about the costumes first. Did you? Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, did the costumes morph over the years into a different look or? Well, if you really want to talk about morphing, this <laughs> one oh, of, yes, please. One, one, of, one of my wigs was huge. <laughs> this thing looked like it looked like the Mad Hatter. And it, oh, that's great. It was as tall as the Mad Hatter. And so, you know, of course, they did this crazy thing where I would um, put um, – a blue jacket over my costume to get across the park to get into the Matterhorn to go up there. Oh, of course. You got to be and in disguise, right? Yeah. Right. But, but the Mad Hatter wig was not literally, my Tinkerbell wig was huge. <laughs> and so, like, I was going to be able to cover that. I mean, come on. It's I way mean, too I'm big. thinking, wait a minute. Shouldn't this wig be put on in the Matterhorn, not be walking across the park? So um, they tried to cover it with a scarf, and that was really funny. I mean, it was kind of a running joke. You talk about morph, and this thing was – anyway. So – and I was a little bit embarrassed because I would come down off the, you know, off the ladder on the other side, and people would want to take pictures. And I'm like, I've got, like, this huge head. <laughs> <laughs> so over the years, I had different wigs. And, and it used to be, like, this running joke. So me and the gal who did the wig, she was really great. 
Oh, that's so She funny. said, you know what, Gina, we're going to get you one that's a little bit more reasonable. I said, that would be really great. So, <laughs> so what was what was your favorite incarnation of your, I mean, let's talk about clothes for a second, right? So, like, did you have a, a favorite version of you that you liked throughout the years, uh, you know, either costume-wise or, or um uh, behavioral wise, you know, as far as like the motions you did, was there any particular years that, that you really think back, like those were your favorite times and in incarnations of the Tinkerbell character you played? The very, the very few, the first years I was wearing the mirrored costume mm. and the mm. harness, um, the harness was kind of cool. It was, you know how you know, in the in the forties and fifties and even into the sixties, everything had a waist. Mm-hmm. And you would be pulled in and it had that look where you were kind of pulled in and I kind of felt more a lot more like Tinkerbell because it you know, it was like, you know, wearing a corset. And it I felt that the look was really nice because you had the little skirt and and the top and then your waist would go in so i felt more like tinkerbell i mean i feel that that it was um it was a good look you know because your waist was pulled in and then when people would take pictures backstage it was it was nice and then things started changing and the harnesses would change and there is a picture of me on my blog right now that Joshua just put up of a costume that I'm not very fond of because it looks, you know, like this gigantic dress because there's a harness underneath. Ah, yeah. There's no waist. So I'm not crazy about the picture, but he'll take anything he can get right now because I have pictures in, in a place where I have to get them out of storage in order to, to give them those, uh, the ones I'm speaking of. So right. yeah, I mean, right. definitely there was some character looks that were nice. And over the years, they, you know, they changed. The, the, the hair, the costume would change and the hair would change. And um, I told some funny stories on the last podcast about my crazy wands and Darth Vader wands and Statue of Liberty wands. Darth Vader? Wait, what? <laughs> I had Darth Vader wands. Really? <clears throat> yeah, I had a saber. It a lightsaber? Up. Oh, no yep, way. I did. Yes, I was did. Was that uh, in honor of something happening? I did. Was it no. A bit? Star Tours? No, or that was no? somebody trying to be cute. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love but it. There was, there was a collection. There was this one. We called it the Statue of Liberty one. And actually there's a picture of me on my website holding it. The thing weighed about 15 pounds. I'm not kidding. I had to work out with my right arm to make sure that that I could lift it. You wouldn't drop it. (laughs) And it it was made of metal and it had lights on the end of it. And one time, you know, you with the straight shot flight you weren't supposed to be swinging around well with this wand if you lift if you forgot and lifted it too far it would swing you around no goodness (laughs) and that was not a good thing yeah so that one troublesome well, while my dad is looking up your I, website going to it right, right now, now <laughs> he I wants, want to see it. He wants to see the picture of this, so he he missed it when we were looking at it before. He's, I, he would have surely pointed it out to me, so he's looking now. And in, 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 while he's doing that, I'm actually going to take the opportunity to ask a question that we had from one of our listeners who knew you were coming on the show. Um, this comes from uh, our listener, Katie. She says, can you recall a favorite flight and a worst flight? <laughs> That's what she wants to know. Uh, I you hit the mattress it, that's a bad I, I flight know. so we've talked a little bit about the the protocol and how things would happen but did you ever have just a, a, a flight that's like your favorite one that really stands out or is it the 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 other kind stand out and and what would you say to the best or the worst and, and i'm i think i found the wand picture too is it the thing that looks like a like a medieval ball at the top yes that's it <laughs> that yeah. thing looks beastly 
<laughs> and that, that that gentleman in the background, his name is Dan Walsh. Okay. And uh, he was one of my crew guys uh, uh. for about, I think, about four years. And uh, great gentleman. You know, he was on my crew. And uh, all the guys on my crew were just You, you know what, Gina? You even look like a Tinkerbell. <laughs> you are Tinkerbell. There's you no doubt. You are Tinkerbell. Wow. Yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, so, what was the question? I, I, <laughs> you, you're so. I got mesmerized you, by the pictures. You're mesmerized by wands and things. No, yeah. Katie. Katie's question. Oh, that's our right. listener wants to know if best she's, flight, worst flight, best flight, worst flight. If you could weigh in on either of those that might stand out to you. The best flights were the ones where the wind was was not blowing. Maybe it was like two or three miles an hour. And the reason I knew that is because they took wind readings. Mm. They would use a wind reader up there and tell me um, how strong the wind was. And the nights, the night, it, you know, it wasn't too warm and it wasn't too cold. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, mm-hmm. a perfect California night. And maybe I was at my perfect weight which really did make a difference on how I flew. So, you know, my perfect weight was about 118. And um, a still night, no wind. And I would be able to just jump into character and be able to hold my balance and pretty much pull off looking like Tinkerbell. I could leap and do all kinds of things with my arms and look balletic. And those were my favorite times, just the perfect nights and the perfect weight. And I felt like Tinkerbell. Yeah. yeah. And then, then there was the other times. All right. Give us the bad one now. <laughs> well, I will tell you that being heavy and being Tinkerbell doesn't work. Now, I never really got that heavy, but of course, after I had my kids, you know, I had to lose a little bit of weight. And um, not so much that as if if the wind was, if the headwind was really strong and the brakes had been, let's say the night, the day before. Now, to go foot, two football fields long, they also figured out I was going about 13 miles an hour. So let's say the night before I was going more like 16 miles an hour and I had a tailwind and I was going really fast. Okay. So let's say the next night they take the wind reading, but they kind of don't adjust the trolley too good. So guess where I end up? You're you're coming super fast. Oh no no! Oh no! You're going no, the opposite way. You're you're like st- you know, oh yeah, you're stuck. <laughs> no, that's I'm, right. <laughs> I'm stuck, and that's when the the employees backstage have a field day because uh, they want to. <laughs> they can't figure. You know, is, is she going to make it in or not? So, uh, and I spoke about this on one of the podcasts. Um, there was different ways they wanted us to come in if we would get stuck and none of those ways were going to be fast enough for me so what i would do is i would kind of bounce up to the wire and grab it and point my toes and gracefully pull myself in (laughs) (laughs) hand over hand probably i just just moving right in yeah oh no that's what i did Oh, geez. Yeah, that would not be fun, especially if you got stuck a ways from the uh, old mattress landing spot, right? <laughs> right. Well, I guess you would be out of the, sight, though, there right? Was nice. there, were, there was a night where that wand, that Statue of Liberty wand, put me in a circle. I mean, I flew around in a circle, and I was, I was coming in backwards wings first. Oh, boy. And oh, that wasn't good. Because that was going to hurt, or it was going to ruin. Not only that, it was going to hurt the costume, you know. So mm. now the first, I think, first two or three years, I had floppy wings, you know, kind of like the dogs with the floppy ears. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what my wings were like. They were like floppy wings, and so they um, 
there I thought that was kind of unusual and then over the years they they became stiff wings and then they I guess the one the Toy Story one where I basically I lit up from my feet to my head and I had to basically hold battery operated things in my hand so I had to not only think about being Tinkerbell but I had to turn lights on myself before I left the Matterhorn. Mm. <laughs> and so I was a Christmas tree, and I'd have to turn the Christmas tree on. That was me. Wow. So, <laughs> so we had wings that lit up, and they were stiff, and, um, you know, all kinds of different costumes. And and that's what made it kind of fun. I mean, you know, we... I. Sometimes, you know, I'd moan and groan and, oh, no, this isn't going to work. But it was really kind of fun uh, sure, to have course. all these sure, different, different things. And one year I actually played a witch. Oh, really? At, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Joshua was surprised about that one. Yeah. One year I sat on a broom and actually two years in a row we did Halloween. Wow, that's and way back that when the Halloween bad. parties were even going then, right? That's, it was uh, really fun. Yeah, oh, it was really, really fun. I'll be darned. So, Hey, I heard a rumor. Uh-oh. You're gonna, no, you're going <laughs> to clarify this for me. I understand that you asked for a ping pong table up in the Matterhorn. Is that correct? Is that true? <laughs> well, it's not that I asked for one. I We would go up there and play basketball because, as everybody knows, there's a basketball court up there. Right. And I thought, well, this is fun, but but ping pong is my game. Come on, we, we gotta play <laughs> So, uh, you heard yeah. it here fo- first, folks. Tinkerbell is a star ping pong star player. Star ping pong. That's player. right. So take anybody challenge. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> She'll take well, you on. Yeah, I, I did. No, I used to play for hours and hours and hours on end with my brother growing up, and so yeah, it was kind of fun. And so yeah, we ended up with ping pong table up there, and so we'd play and. Uh, no, I don't think that they brought it up for me, but, you know, I did mention that it'd be kind of cool, and it was there at one point, so. Um, that's that's yeah, great. That's fun. Uh, I just want to plug one more time your, your webpage. It's flyingtinkerbell.org. If you need any information about Tink, that's the place to go look. Um, I also want you to talk to us about what you're doing now. I understand you're working with FEMA, but I also understand that you're doing, uh, and I know this from Joshua, he told me that you're doing some autograph pictures that are available and that uh, the proceeds are going towards the car fire victims that are up in Northern California right now, which uh, that's just fantastic that you're doing that. Can you tell us a little bit of information as far as how somebody can get a picture? I'm assuming they could just go to your website and do that. Um, you can go to my website. It's the, it's from the Reading car fire, C-A-R-R yes. car fire. Um, I work for Jacobs engineering and a few of the folks, I believe it was uh, three or four, families that work at Jacobs Engineering lost their homes. Mm. So what I try to do and have been doing since I got together with Joshua with public relations is anytime we do autographs, it goes to charity, whether it's Make-A-Wish Foundation or Cancer Foundation. It just so happened that this is recent. So the month of August was is dedicated for all my to go to the Reading Car Fire, which supports. Um, it, it it actually goes directly to Jacobs uh, Engineering. Um, I believe you can get there from my website, and it goes straight to Jacobs Engineering, and they pass it along to the families that that lost their homes that worked for that company. That's fantastic. Um, yeah, and I, I work, uh, I started doing public assistance in 2017, and I was doing individual assistance, household. Uh, I was inspecting homes for FEMA. Um, but now I actually work with public assistance where we uh, secure grants for um, highways and utility companies and uh Nonprofits and tribal, so it's a little bit of a different role. 
Um, they're, they're both two different things. And it's all great. I love the work that I do. I, I think I've always had it in me. Uh, my mother was um, always helping people, always doing charity. And she brought me into that world at a young age. I was a candy striper at the age of uh, 11. And then I started working on a hotline uh, when I was about 15, 16. And my mother brought me into that charity world, and I'm glad she did. That's incredible. It's it's really um, one thing to know all the work you did as Tinkerbell and to talk about flights and mattresses and all the stuff that that entails. But this this part of your story, that's why I wanted to make sure we did get to it, at least by the end of it and, and keep people on to re- to realize that. You just are magical in so many ways, and you're you're right. From the very young age, if your if your mother had instilled into the, you, that into you, that's wonderful. But I we knew you were doing work now. It's wonderful to hear that this has been a part of your life. You know, contributing and assisting, and uh, it's just another reason why Disney did it right when they picked you. I mean, it, yeah. you're just you're Thank just you. so perfect for the the memory that I had I mean I couldn't imagine someone uh better to have have been the real life uh, fulfilling of my my childhood dream of actually meeting the Tinkerbell no seriously it's it's really incredible and I just wanted to tell you thank you for all of the the work that you have done you know for the the humanitarian effort you had and just for being a part of of most people's lives and and growing being up a part these of past, history being part Disney of history, history. But, but individual lives Absolutely. you know and Absolutely. I, I mean the history is one thing but i mean i have actual memories of watching you and, and it it just fills my heart with joy and to hear that you do all sorts of other things it's still simply magical for me so um so thank you gina thank you so much and i'm gonna add too just like what tana said i mean um, we've already covered it tana loved tinkerbell growing up and you know one of the hardest things that was uh, kind of interesting in the disney world was that uh, you could never find disney product that was tinkerbell it was pretty rare it was hard yeah. um she was not one that was really pushed out into the public until now now you can get all kinds of things but uh, back in Tana's day, boy, if we got anything that was Tinkerbell, it was like, let's get it. That's that's you. But and, um, and for years and years, Gina, I wore a necklace with a Tinkerbell yeah. pendant yep. on it for years and years and years. I remember this necklace only to have added a pendant on it at one point of the Disneyland castle because because I loved you so much. <laughs> So I, I literally had that for years and years. And I just remember how, how much of a prized possession it was, you know, for me growing up. <laughs> it took me a long time to find things as well. For, for many, many years, they didn't have a lot of trinkets. And I used to make gifts for my crew every year with the Tinkerbell stuff. And I was making nice. keychains nice. and and giving them gifts and, and handkerchiefs and airbrush handkerchiefs. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, like, you're, you're right. You know, we started seeing more and more Tinkerbell stuff, I think, in the 90s. Mm-hmm. In the mid-90s mm-hmm. is when it really started coming out. It was, kind of surprising. Right. Yeah. it was very surprising yeah. to me with Disney that they didn't pick up on that and the love for Tinkerbell. And um, anybody who listens to the show knows that I love, love, love the Disney fireworks. I've always been a fan of that. And, you know, you were a big pre- uh, reason why I loved them. You you were it. Um, always seeing you flying down from the Matterhorn. It, it was just something special I'll never forget. And also, um, you know, it was just like that highlight of the evening. It kind of wrapped up. Uh, they, they talk about uh, the Disney kiss goodnight. And, you know, my kiss goodnight was always seeing Tinkerbell flying down from the fireworks mm-hmm. at the end, uh, you know, or sometimes beginning. And, you know, now it's it's kind of sporadic throughout when uh, whoever's when flying. Do. But mm-hmm. um, it's just always been a, a big part of, uh, you know, why I love Disney so much. And I got to thank you for that personally. I mean, this is uh, great to be able to speak to you. It really this is. Has been fun. Is there anything else, Gina, that you would like to add before we uh, say goodbye to you? I, I feel like we could talk to you for like three hours, but I know. Uh, you know, is there anything else that we um, need to give a shout out on? I I, I know that uh, the autograph photos. I got one from Joshua last night. Uh, it's it's going to be made hung a donation. Up and, I can't uh, wait to frame it. It's yeah. going in our Laughing Place Studios here. We're going to put that up on the wall pretty quick here. Uh, but is there anything? else you'd like to add before we close i do want to give a tribute to um 
to Bob Yerkes, who started my career. Um, Bob is in his mid-80s, and I was able to see him last Christmas, and uh, I have a plaque that I dedicated to him. Um, he's wonderful and uh, still, still with us and a wonderful man that started my career. And also, you know, you'll, you'll see a book that I'm writing pretty soon. It is a biography. It's called If I Could Live 400 Years. <laughs> it is the story of how badly I would love to live, uh, mm. you know, beyond the, the 100 years and just keep going. And I've been, I've been blessed with, you know, the gift of flying as Tinkerbell. And it, it it was an honor and a privilege to have the role. It was very special for me. Well, speaking of an honor and a privilege, that is exactly what it was to have you here today, Gina. Thank you so much. I know Dad wants to say thank you and goodbye as I'm well. I'm just, I'm still stunned. I'm in awe. <laughs> I'm in absolute <laughs> awe. Being able to speak to you is just amazing. And, uh, you know, Tana and I started this little podcast a couple of years ago, and it's taken us to some amazing places already. And, and this is definitely a highlight for me. I just, I can't thank you enough for taking the time out of your busy schedule to speak to us. And uh, we're very thankful, and I know our listeners are going to be very appreciative listeners, of being able to. All my friends hear. are super jealous. Yeah, I know. Everyone was like, "You're fantastic. talking to Tinkerbell." I know. We got her. So uh, yeah. thank you so much. I'm going to refer to you as Tinkerbell because that's how I affectionately will thank know you, you. Tinkerbell. Thank you, Tinkerbell, so much for everything that you have done, and thanks again for being on our show. I just want to thank Daddy and Daughter so much for inviting me here today. It was so wonderful to talk about my past and be able to think about all the magic that I brought to the park and the kids. And thank you so much for letting me share a part of my life. It was an honor. Thanks again, Gina. And with that... Let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. Hey, we want to thank you for tuning in to Disney with Daddy and Daughter. Be sure to find us on our Facebook page. Just type in our show name. Send us your pics, your stories, your questions. Yeah. And let us know when your unbirthday is so we can celebrate. celebrate. You can also email us at Daughter at gmail.com. Remember, it's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. So we'll see you next time. Until then, from the happiest podcast on earth and from our family to yours. Make every day magical. I love you, Dad. Love you too, Tana. Take care, folks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. There's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow Shining at the end of every day There's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow And tomorrow's just a dream away Man has a dream and that's the start He follows his dream with mind and heart And when it becomes a reality It's a dream come true for you and me So there's a great big beautiful tomorrow Shining at the end of every day There's a great big beautiful tomorrow Just a dream